are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you on this Thursday edition of the show. You're not going to hear from me a whole lot on today's edition of the podcast because we're going to start our two-part series today. We got a double header today on Lockdown Eagles. Two episodes downloaded into your phone on any podcast platform when you subscribe to Lockdown Eagles. You can also check them out as well on LockdownEagles.com and make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase LOE, and at Gino underscore LOE. Gino is going to take over in segments two and three because the Eagles have to get down to 53 players, the 53-man roster for the 2020 regular season by September 5th, which is in just three days. The regular season opener against Washington FT starts in 11 days. Not this Sunday. All we have is one more Sunday to get through until until Eagles football. We only have, what, eight days until real football. Just any sort of NFL football. Next Thursday, the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Houston Texans. Football is here. It's cloudy weather up here in western New York where I'm recording. Perfect hoodie shorts weather. That's what I call football weather. Absolutely love this time of year because of football, but man, I just love the fall. I love the weather. It's perfect. Give me that like 68 degrees, a nice warm you know, breeze. I can wear a hoodie, but still, I don't want to wear sweatpants yet. It's perfect, and that's really what's hitting us up here in the Northeast. So, so excited to get this going and continue to churn out four to six episodes a week, downloaded into your phone. Gino's going to take over again, like I said, segments two and segment three, because the Eagles got to cut this roster down to 53 players by, let's see, today's Wednesday, Thursday. So this weekend, they got to get to 53 players. So we did a 53-man roster prediction uh, podcast. I think that was a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago. In July, we did that. But now that we have a better understanding of who has been playing really well in training camp, who's been struggling, who's injured, the timetables on all these injuries, we thought we'll do a final 53-man roster prediction, and we'll both do a podcast on it. So Gino will predict who stays and who goes on offense and defense, and then on the other episode today, I'm going to do the same thing. And uh, it's, I think, perfect timing because we continue to have more injury news, guys. And I'm very sorry about this, but i got to give you guys an update here in segment one about the Eagles' uh, injury status. So you guys know... Just the, the catastrophic amount of injuries continue to happen. This is just life now uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm convinced this is going to be the way it is forever because I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. And because we're on year four of this injury plague now. I mean, we already have to deal with COVID-19 and uh, the injuries are just another obstacle this team always has to overcome. Carson Wentz day-to-day, right? Uh, lower body injury. He should be ready to go week one, but just listen to all the players on this injury report. You have Carson Wentz day-to-day. Lane Johnson day-to-day. Uh, Jalen Rager week-to-week, right? Derek Barnett still hasn't practiced with that ankle injury. He's week-to-week. Javon Hargrave, pectoral injury. Multiple weeks still out. Not sure... You know, a lot of these guys I'm sure will be ready for week one, but it's just nuts that they're going in. It's not even week one. September just started, and all of these significant players are on the injury report. Miles Sanders, still day-to-day. with uh, Vinny Curry, lower body injury day-to-day. Jannard Avery, lower body injury day-to-day. Hassan Ridgeway shows up on the report today, as does cornerback Avante Maddox, day-to-day with a lower body injury. And Will Parks. That's the next serious injury. You know, obviously we heard this week on that Jalen Rager is going to miss at least the season opener, maybe week two as well, against the Los Angeles Rams. Could be back against the Rams, but 
more so likely to return against the Cincinnati Bengals week three. Well, Will Parks, the expected third safety that's going to play a big nickel corner. He's going to move around the formation. He's going to play in the box. He's going to play single high, right? This is going to be a player that has a significant role in this team, a team that's going to use at least five, six, sometimes seven defensive backs on the field at the same time. You're going to have a ton of uh, formations with three corners, at least two safeties, three safeties at times. Maybe you have four corners and three safeties out there, and you have no linebackers on the field. So Will Parks was expected to have a big role, and he still will uh, when he comes back. But Will Parks suffered a lower body injury today, and uh, the initial timetable is four to six weeks. So Will Parks is going to at least miss... Uh, the first week of the season, likely a couple games here. And it's just, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say to you guys. I'm sorry. We've done this for probably 10, 12 straight podcasts, and I can't explain it. Will Parks, another young guy that's had a clean bill of health throughout his career. Then he comes to the Novacare Complex, and it just seems like the minute you enter this facility, your body, I don't know, is it like the gravitational pull on on? Is there like a wormhole? I don't know what the hell I'm saying sci-fi-wise, but <laughs> is there some sort of like unexplainable phenomena at the Novacare Complex at Lincoln Financial Field just with this team that when you become part of the team, something happens to your bones and your muscles? Because Will Parks is a young guy, and he's a guy that hasn't really been injured throughout his career, and now he's another player added to the list that's going to be out for a while. So it sucks you know, they're not screwed without Will Parks. They still have Rodney McLeod and Jalen Mills at safety. I'm really excited to see Kayvon Wallace actually play now for the first couple weeks of the season. I think he's going to be ready to go from the start. And like I've said all offseason, I think Kayvon Wallace is going to play his way uh, onto the football field. And at the end of the season, he's going to have a giant role at safety for you, the rookie fourth-round pick out of Clemson. But at the same time, it sucks. Like, you want the optionality. Parks was a big part of your plans, and he's just another part of this core that the timetable is unknown. And that's the frustrating part is even though a lot of these guys could be ready by week one, you don't know who's in and who's out. And you're already starting this year, a new look team, you're already starting this year without that continuity. And that doesn't really spell um, you know, success for a fast start to the season. Not saying they're going to start off as slow as they have the past couple years, but the injuries are not helping this football team get onto the right foot and get to that like 2017 like start of the season. So unfortunate, not going to tear this team apart because of these injuries, but I keep saying that in the more and more you see key pieces of this offense and defense get injured, the more it is significantly going to affect your team because even if a lot of them play week one, so many of these guys already aren't 100%, and that's all I want is just for once to have the majority of the starting lineup, just the starting lineup, be completely healthy. And Will Parks joins the list of guys that are not that way uh, before week one even starts. So uh, that's what we're dealing with. Again, just another year as an Eagles fan. But we'll get into coming up next, the 53-man roster prediction. So will Will Parks start on the PUP list? I doubt it. But, you know, could he start off on the IR, designated to return after the first three weeks of the season? How does Geno have this 53-man roster looking on both sides of the ball? I should say all three sides of the ball because special teams as well is a part of this prediction so we'll get into what Gino thinks coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles and guys today's podcast is sponsored by rockauto.com why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts for your car and his computer choosing 
only one brand his warehouse happens to carry. When you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket, it's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. And if you go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts, you're going to find hundreds of manufacturers that offer everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com today and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Make sure you write down Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Welcome on in, everybody, to the second segment of this Wednesday, September 2nd edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Different voice coming at you. It is Gino Camilleri here, and we are continuing to talk 53-man previews. And yesterday, you heard Lou's team. It'll be interesting to see which one of us come closer. I always like to see how close I can get because what this comes down to in this whole exercise of getting to the 53, yes, it's fun, much like mock drafts, but it goes even deeper than that and it just goes to show who really understands some of these teams and where players fit in and where they like to carry extra players much like for the example of the Philadelphia Eagles they tend to go very heavy at offensive line they're carrying 9 10 offensive linemen more often than not because they know the depth that they need so we're going to get into it and hopefully there aren't many more injuries that make this thing go crazy So before we get into it, we'll just preview the few guys that I would expect to either be on IR or a PUP list to start the season. Uh, The three big names, the report came out today about Will Parks supposedly missing four to six weeks. Highly unfortunate, but I think they have a young group there at the safety core, which we'll talk about in coming up in in the third segment, talking about defense. It is a big hit because he is going to bring a bit of um, motivation and energy there, but I'm excited for the young kid, Kevon Wallace, to really make his presence known and get him out on the field. Alshon Jeffrey, we know he's been out. The word is from Derek Gunn that he might be back October. Jeff Mosher the other day said that it could be September. We don't really know, but I would expect him to be on a short-term IR type thing as well. The last one, Jannard Avery. Thankfully missed out from losing his entire season that knee injury it was scary Doug Peterson was talking to him telling him uh whispering good nothings in his ear and just hoping that for the best for him and thank goodness that he will be okay but he should be on the PUP to start things off so as we get started we'll start out with the quarterback group probably the easiest unit to project for this team the big three Carson Wentz is your starter Sudfeld is your number two, and then Hurts. I expect him to get some snaps inside the red zone a little bit this year. Maybe even line him up at wide receiver and get him into some motion-type plays, but he is going to be the clear-cut number three with Nate taking over at the backup quarterback position, which he rightfully deserves. He's been here long enough. He understands the system. He put together a good preseason last year, put together a good camp this time around, and I always joke it wasn't too long ago that we were questioning if Nate Sudfeld should have started in that 2017 run for the Super Bowl Eagles team. But unfortunately not, and Nick Foles went, and now he's on to bigger and better things. Going over there in Chicago, which leads us to the running back position here. This one is a little bit more up in the air. I went with four here simply because I do not believe you can get rid of Adrian Killing's ability on special teams. This team has just been dying to have a true returner, somebody just that is a lightning bolt 
kicked out of the return game, both in the punt and kick return game. I went with Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Corey Clement, and Adrian Killings here. Like I said, Killings will be that special teams element. Corey Clement, he looks rejuvenated. He looks fresh in what we've seen out of camp. I'm not in love with the idea of Elijah Holyfield and Michael Warren. They're more of practice squad, Josh Adams, call him up if you need him type guys, then keep him on the roster. And I, I wouldn't suppose that Elijah Holyfield or Michael Warren would get claimed anywhere else, to be honest. I think those are good practice squad candidates, which I will re- release my projection of the practice squad as well. I will uh, tweet that out later on. But with the running back position, I think you have a good very good young core in Sanders and Scott, and then you just throw them those change-up punches of Corey Clement, Killings, and if you need to call up Warren or Holyfield for one or two games, I think you're going to be set there. Moving to the wide receiver position, this one is a little bit tougher to project out simply because of the status of Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rager. Because if Rager can't go by week three or four, let's say things go awry and he's out a little longer, you're probably going to have to get a guy like Deontay Burnett some snaps. But the thing is, if Elshon comes back or Rager comes back, you're now going to have this clog at the top end of your roster at the wide receiver position between Deshaun Jackson, Elshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rager, and then a collection of John Hightower, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Quez Watkins, and Greg Ward. Deontay Burnett seems to be the odd guy out in this scenario here, and I went with a total of six wide receivers here for now, with D-Jax, Hightower, Rager, J-Jaw, Greg Ward, and Quez Watkins, and then you'll probably see, I I wouldn't want to see Quez have to go down to the practice squad and be able to sign for somebody else's roster. I think Greg Ward might be that guy, but hey, they might keep seven receivers this year if they go light at tight end, which I have them with two currently, and things are always open to change, but with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard on the field, I don't really see a guy like Noah Tajayi in his rookie year going to be a huge component. They do love to run 12 personnel, but you have seen them bring in some backup linemen to be that added blocker when needed. I know uh, Big V did that a lot of the time last year, that he was like that sixth man that would come in in those big situations, and I truly believe that with those two tight ends, let them go run, bring in another lineman if you need to protect as like that third tight end, but frankly, I'm good with the two right now, and Tajayi will be a good stash candidate for the practice squad as well. Now to the nitty-gritty, the thing that the Philadelphia Eagles team is built off of, the offensive line and the unit that really makes this team go. Right now, it's a huge question mark what's going on at left tackle. It seems like the Eagles aren't budging. It seems like Jason Peters isn't budging. I think we're going to see a collection of either Matt Pryor or Jordan Maialata at left tackle. Maybe even Jack Driscoll works his way into some reps there at Auburn. He was a good pass protector, but yet again, he is a young rookie to allow him to protect your fifth-year quarterback who has had some injury questions in his career's blindside. It is going to be interesting to see, but I, I pose the hypothetical of moving Lane Johnson from right to left tackle and... That was just truly hypothetical because I think there are so many good rushers from the right side that you're going to need Lane at all costs to keep that right side solid. And I think the starting unit is going to end up being Matt Pryor, Sayamalu, Kelsey, 
Peters, and Lane Johnson. And then I think you're going to have a collection of five guys that are all very mobile in what they can do, moving from swing tackle to left guard to right guard, even some centers in there. I think you're going to have Nate Herbig, uh, Iosua Opeta, Jordan Maialata, and or Matt Pryor, Prince Tewanogo, and Jack Driscoll as your reserves. Driscoll has played a fair amount over a lot of positions on the offensive line, so he will be a swing guy for you. Opeta will be your interior swing man. And then Mylata and Prince Taya will be your swing tackles as well, or Matt Pryor, as we had mentioned. And then Herbig is the other guy on this team that can snap the football, so they have to have somebody just in case Jason Kelsey were to go out. And the team has liked him since last year. There's a reason he was on the roster last year when a lot of people didn't think so, and there's going to be a reason why he's here this year, and I think he has a place on this team. So as we look at it, the units that we are going heavy is, once again, offensive line. Going heavy at running back, once again, we've seen this in the Doug Peterson era, carrying tw- uh, four running backs. And then wide receiver, you have the six, as we had mentioned. And that gives us a grand total of 25 guys on offense. And before we kick it to the defense, where things are a little more in question at some positions, we'll get the three for sure special teams guys out of the way which will bring us to a count of 28 players total before we kick it to defense. We all know who's going to be our kicker. Big leg Jake Elliott doesn't miss over 50 yards. He is going to be here as long as his extension is in place. They might try to renegotiate that in a year or two, but he is a Super Bowl champ for a reason. He's going to be here until he eventually sees the inevitable Eagles kicker decline at some point in his career, which we have seen Cody Parker, Cody Parkey and David Akers and all those guys go through in their career. Cam Johnston, the Aussie, will be the punter once again. And the fastest long snapper alive, Rick Lovato, will be the long snapper once again. So once we come back for this final segment of this September the 2nd, edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, which we are just 72 hours away, roughly, from roster cutdowns to the 53, and we will be finishing up our 53-man projection with the Eagles defense on the other side of this break, so come on back. All right, everybody, welcome back to this third segment of the September 2nd edition. Can't believe it's already September. Time is flying. We are right by football season, and we're right near roster cutdown day, which will officially put us nearly a week out from the NFL season, and you can only have 53 guys on the roster once the season rolls around, and you can only dress about 46, so... We are going to project out the rest of the team here, which the defense gave me much more of a headache than the offense did. I only thought there were a few question marks, as in tight end three, maybe wide receiver seven, and running back four that really gave me questions. But defense, man, between cornerback, free safety, there really is just so many question marks that we have big players to replace in Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, that's a huge name that is now gone. Ronald Darby was once your starting corner, now gone. Jalen Mills, once your starting corner, now is a safety. There's a lot of moving parts in this defense. But the good thing is Jim Schwartz likes to get these guys ready to play any position on the football field. So there should be a lot of chess pieces that we see thrown in in that defensive secondary. But we'll stick with the big guns again. We'll continue with the trenches here. Going at the edge position 
I think this one is pretty easy to project out. Maybe they go five here and four defensive tackles, or maybe they go five defensive tackles and four edges. I went with five edges simply because Brandon Graham and Vinnie Curry have kicked inside so much in their career that they're kind of like that swing fifth defensive tackle. So I don't really see the need to carry more than four defensive tackles, especially when they're so top heavy with just three guys that are truly unbelievable football players but at the edge position bg and db will be your starters josh sweat will be your swing guy there and vinnie curry as well and then i i'm intrigued with the idea of throwing joe osman into the rotation because this team had big plans for him last year he ended up being out for the season but this go around had another strong camp could really be that Deshaun Hall type of player who produced in the offseason that can actually go out there and deserve some reps. And hopefully Osman can be that guy because you're going to rotate a lot of bodies through there and you're going to need to get production from your fourth and fifth defensive ends. So somebody that has a motor like Osman, somebody that has had a strong camp in Josh Sweat, somebody who was drafted way after their skill set should have been taken in Josh Sweat, is finally coming into his own. And a big season for Derek Barnett ahead. We don't know his contract situation moving forward, so he should play with his hair on fire. And then the GOAT, Brandon Graham, one of the best defensive ends in Eagles history, will just assume his position there and be the number one edge rusher for this team. Moving to the interior, we know what's going to happen there. Once Hargrave is healthy, he should just presume the IDL 1B role because he's that good next to Fletcher Cox. You have Malik Jackson and Hassan Ridgeway behind them, and you have a nice core there. I mean, the money just goes to show you, look at how much money they're paying that unit, nearly $60 million combined. It's just insane, but hey, Jim Schwartz loves interior pressure. He loves kicking his edges inside to rush from the three-tech. It's going to be amazing to see how often quarterbacks are on the run against this Eagles team, because you're either one going to have to plan to get that ball out in 1.8 to 1.9 and a half seconds or you are going to have to have a mobile quarterback that can stand the rest of the middle of the pocket which not many quarterbacks can take it the great Tom Brady always said that he hates interior pressure there's a reason why teams are moving to get unbelievable interior rushers like Fletcher Cox like Javon Hargrave like Malik Jackson like moving guys Vinnie Curry BG into that role in the interior Michael Bennett did it for quite some time in his career. Being that swing, five-tech, three-tech that you can move inside and out. And you're going to see so many different faces on this defensive line this year. They're going to put a bunch on the practice squad as well. I have three defensive linemen on the practice squad, so you're going to see a bunch of guys getting in there if there are injuries as well. Moving to the linebacker position, this one is... It is what it is, but I mean, you have to have guys to play special teams and you have to have guys to play linebacker, which this team really doesn't put a ton of emphasis into. But I went with five. I went with TJ Edwards, Nate Geary, Duke Riley, who this team loves way more than people think, the rookie Davion Taylor, and Alex Singleton. Simply for Singleton's ability on special teams, I think he's going to be an ace at that position. I was 
in between him and Sean Bradley. Maybe Bradley gets the nod because Singleton was just a free agent that they brought in, and Bradley was a draft pick. But Bradley is just a rookie. Jim Schwartz said it today. He's still a little bit away from fully understanding the game and having it super slow to coming to him. But you should see him in probably week 8 or 9 get onto this roster at some point to contribute on special teams. And Davion Taylor, same thing. He'll get a bunch of special teams reps. He will get cycled in into different looks on defense. And then you have your three linebackers that are all they're, they're guys. They're guys on the roster in TJ Edwards, Gary, and Riley. But to me, Edwards, in his tackling ability, in how the Eagles like to get after it up front and allow their front four to get after the quarterback, you have to have guys that are sure tacklers. In TJ Edwards, I trust Duke Riley more than I do Nate Geary. Davion Taylor is still a project, but I am fully on board with keeping two linebackers on the field a majority of the time and then going heavy at the back with the safeties. Before we kick it to the safeties, the final position which we will be touching on to project out the 53-man roster, we will talk corner real quick. I went with taking six here, and this is going to come to a little bit of a shock, and I know Lou is going to be a little upset once this rolls around, but I think this team ends up trading Rasul Douglas to a team like maybe Carolina for a 6th or 7th round draft pick. Or maybe it's Sidney Jones, but I think this team has more unknown in Sidney Jones to where they see a little bit more promise than Rasul, who they've thrown out there time and time again, which results Douglas, as Lou will call him, has done well in his time here. He has a boatload of interceptions and game-changing interceptions for that matter. But I don't think he is what Jim Schwartz wants him to be. And now with Darius Slay there, how much they love Avante Maddox, Nickel Roby Coleman being your slot corner, I would just be much more open to keeping Sidney Jones, frankly, because I'm still high on him. And Rasul, I just don't think, is as good of an athlete as Sidney Jones is, which this defense so badly needs. And then you throw in Trevor Williams just for his special teams prowess and Cravon LeBlanc for his unbelievable ability to just be a playmaker when they need and just be an absolute dog. I go with six cornerbacks. Maybe it's five, but with the injury of Will Parks, I think they go a little bit heavier at the safety position, which we will finish up with. I went with five here. Maybe I have to adjust it because of this injury. I'm, I, I kept... Uh, Ford out of this for a reason because I don't like him that much as a player on special teams. He overshoots his tackle a lot, and I think guys like Graylin Arnold have much more upside than a guy like Rudy Ford does. So I went with the five here. I went with Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills as your top two, of course. Kavon Wallace will be your number three for now until Will Far- Parks is back, and Graylin Arnold and Marcus Epps will round out the rotation there. And hopefully they don't have to see reps in the backfield. But Graylin Arnold, out of those two, I think is an individual who really presents some upside. Uh, A lot of people have talked about his versatility playing in that slot corner slash safety position, much like a guy like Kavon Wallace has. And I think that's what you're going to see because you don't have a lot of superstars on defense now. You have a lot of guys that can do simple things well and can tackle well and can play the ball well. And they just have to be position versatile and they have to be sound to their position and I think you have a lot of good ball players that understand the game 
They stick to the three morals that Howie Roseman wants him to. They're not hurt. They can run, and they love the game of football. I think you're going to have a good roster on paper that has a lot of question marks still with a lot of players that can step up in those positions and really take it for their own. Saturday will be very intriguing, and it always stinks because there's so many good ball players that do get let go. But it's going to be a huge day for scouting departments as you will see an influx, that second round of free agency where you are signing guys that have been cut. And with no preseason games, you're going to see some big-name rookies that have talent and big-name free agents that didn't get to go out there and do that one-year prove-it in the preseason for them. And those guys that sign like veteran minimum deals. You'll see those all over. I know Nelson Aguilar signed one out in Oakland. You're going to see guys fall off of rosters and hey, maybe there's a linebacker that this team likes a little bit more than Duke Riley or Nate Geary that they go out and get. Or maybe there's a special teams guy that they want to take bring in over Alex Singleton. I think that's always an option. But with so many guys on the practice squad, you can fill 16 spots. It's going to be more of who can we get to compete right now because it's going to be tough to get more guys into this offense and defense with the limited time that they have had. You're already going to have players that, uh, Jim Schwartz mentioned it again today, that Javon Hargrave was introducing himself to guys the first week of training camp, and usually they'll meet back in April and May in OTAs, but unfortunately the times are tough. But this team has a lot of continuity. They have a lot of versatility. They have very good young ball players at the quarterback position, at the playmaker positions on offense, at the playmaker positions on defense in the front four. Very good special teams once again with FIP and his team that he has led out there time and time again. I'm excited to see what happens come Saturday. I'm excited to see what team they field next Sunday. But I'm excited to see the influx and what this scouting staff can do because this team is going to go through another round of free agency come Sunday and we are looking forward to getting more good ball players in here and Howie Roseman always is looking to do the same so thank you guys for joining us on my segment here of the Eagles 53 men projection of the roster we'll find out Saturday a little less than 72 hours away for us here on the east coast 4 p.m. Saturday they have to be down to 53 players Get your projections out there. We're always open to talk to see if you guys are more open to keep seven wide receivers or keep four running backs or whatever you guys want to discuss on Twitter. Hit us up at Gino underscore LOE, at DBICLOE, and at Locked on Birds. You guys know where to find us Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, anywhere where you can get your podcasts, and always on the mothership, LockedOnEagles.com. So as always, You caught Lou in the first segment. You caught me for segment two and three. And we will catch you guys more this week on some more episodes of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And fly, Eagles, fly.